Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Betches Media presents the Betches Brides Podcast, a show for the wedding obsessed and the brides who are stressed, because after all, it's only one day of your life. What up, Betches? Welcome back to another episode of our weekly podcast, Betches Brides. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker, and wow, the last time I did one of these, uh, the world was in a completely different place. Um, I'm back now. It's probably been about like a month, maybe, since I've been like like physically away away from doing the show, um, and it's crazy to be doing a podcast about brides and weddings in the midst of this pandemic, so we are here for you first and foremost let me just say we know wedding planning is stressful af okay especially during a frigging pandemic so we just launched a brand new weekly bridal newsletter to help you guys not fuck up your weddings but now more so than ever we're here to just help you across the board emotionally spiritually whatever you need so whether you need an opinion on uh, what trend you saw on pinterest is it trendy is it tacky tips on dealing with in-laws planning hacks, or maybe you need help because your wedding needs to get canceled, we've got you covered. Consider this newsletter literally the best gift that wasn't on your registry. So subscribe now and don't miss out. Just go to betches.co slash brides newsletter. And also, just in case that's not enough, uh, and maybe you need a little bit more to wet your whistle, um, we've got a serious support group going on right now on our Facebook group. So it's Betches Brides Facebook group. Um, Literally, I think everybody needs to join it right now, especially if you're planning a wedding. Uh, everyone's, you know, worried, freaking out. I mean, some people are actually freaking out for good reason. Some people are freaking out for reasons that they don't need to, but we're going to get to that in just a little bit. We have an expert here today. It's going to help us, uh, figure out all of, or really answer all of the questions that we have about weddings, but uh, make sure to join our Betches Brides Facebook group. It's a community of brides all figuring out together how the F to get through wedding planning. So make sure to join right now. Okay. So Today joining us is Sarah Reynolds. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. And um, your well, first off, your Instagram handle is Sarah Reynolds Events because you are a wedding coordinator planner. You actually are working with one of our um, co-workers, Nicole. And um, I think her wedding is in October, right? So October 31st. Okay, so we're not sure what's gonna happen with her wedding, but we're basically today we're talking about how the F do I deal with the coronavirus affecting my wedding? Whether you're a spring bride, a summer bride, even a fall bride, we have Sarah here to really help us answer all of your serious and like necessary questions. So first things first, Sarah is a popular wedding planner. Um, she is mainly in Annapolis, Baltimore, DC, Maryland area. That's where she lives, but she does work all over. And the cool thing about you, Sarah, is that you actually coordinate or plan. You'll do the whole year out or maybe a year and a half, however long it takes. Um, but you'll also like, you do like month of wedding and do you even do day of wedding? 
I don't do day of wedding just because it's a misnomer in the wedding world right now. Um, unfortunately, you can't pick up everything that someone's been planning for an entire year in a day. So that's where that month of package comes in, where we start working together a month before to get us to the day of the wedding. So what are the different categories that you guys offer? So it's like anywhere from a month to what? To full. So the whole enchilada, every single vendor I'm helping you with, there's a, a partial planning package, which basically is, you know, for a lot of the brides that are so gung ho about this, and then they just kind of lose steam or they become super overwhelmed. Um, right. You know, I will come in as a superhero in the middle of that and kind of help them get to the finish line. Um, and then that month of coordination as well, um, which is me there the entire day of the wedding, making sure that you don't even have to think about a single thing. I tell you when you should go to the bathroom. And oh, I like that. Cut the cake. So everything <laughs> in between. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So um, I'm sure you're dealing with a lot of stressed out brides right now. I can only imagine. So tell us about your experience so far working with brides who are postponing, canceling, what have you, their weddings. So, so far I've had three that have had to postpone and they were all April and May dates. Okay. Um, thankfully, we kind of caught this at the, the first um, part of all this craziness. So one of my brides was actually super proactive because she lives in New York City and she was getting all of the constant updates. Um, and so she was very much like, you know what, before any of the guidance comes out, I'm just going to go ahead and postpone, which gave us a huge leap ahead. We were able to pick her preferred date and move everything fairly swiftly. Um, and then once the CDC guidelines came out about the eight weeks of no more than 10 people together, um, that's where the rest of the dominoes started to fall with the Aprils and the Mays. Um, so thankfully, I had some really rock star vendor teams on those weddings. And so everyone worked together very quickly, very swiftly. Um, and I can say, honestly, all those three weddings, we had those replanned with a new date. Everybody on board signed contracts within three days. Wow. <laughs> was, was there any money lost because of the postponing? How does that work? So I only had one vendor that ended up having to put in a rescheduling fee. Um, all the other vendors just moved the money, the deposits, all of that stuff, you know, directly over to their new dates. Um, but I did have one that because we ended up postponing for a full year, um, this particular vendor was like, listen, I'm losing out on a prime spring 2021 date. Um, so I'm now, you know, instead of being able to make nine, $10,000 off of that uh, particular date, now I'm not making any because this bride's not taken up two dates, which I think is a really important thing for the brides to understand. Yeah. Can you explain that further, actually? Because sure. from I'm like, a, as a layman, I'm hearing like, yeah, but no one's getting married right now, right? Correct. Well, I mean, you can if you have less than 10 people around. <laughs> the majority of the people are going to be doing that if they've been planning to have a 200 person event. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically what it is, if you think about it in this context, you know, you, you book your wedding vendors for um, May 2nd of 2020. Okay. And we have all had you on the calendar now for a year. So every time a bride would come into our inbox saying, hey, I'm getting married May 2nd, 2020, we have to turn that bride away um, because we either don't have the infrastructure, the support staff, whatever the case may be. You know, a lot of a lot of these vendors aren't these huge conglomerates that can send out multiple planners or photographers or, um, you know, DJs and things like that. So a lot of times it's once you've taken that data off the calendar, it, it's yours. Like we don't work, you know, multiple events in one day. Right. So, 
again, you know, May 2nd, 2020, we've had that secured. I may have personally turned down, I think at least three inquiries for that date because I was already booked. Right. Now we're going to move it to, in my particular instance, we're moving it to May 15th of 2021. So now that date is now off my calendar again. And there's a potential of having a bunch of inquiries coming in for that date of 2021, especially as we get further and further into this and more and more dates get pushed or postponed. Right we're then losing work on that 2021 date as well. So I think that's just understanding that aspect of it. Like, yes, it's personally affecting you. It is your wedding. But at the same time, this is our livelihood and this is right. how we put it on our tables. And so right. we unfortunately are losing thousands of dollars by having an additional date taken up on our calendar. That so they were also anticipating. I mean, I get it. But at the same time, I'm gonna. I'm just going to keep it real. I They would not want to deal with me if I was one of those brides. I would be, I would go into like Elwood's lawyer mode, mode and be like, that doesn't make sense. Any bride would be canceling right now. But I also understand that yes these people were expecting and relying on that income mm -hmm. and now it's no longer which is something that all of us are experiencing in all of our different areas of work so Absolutely. and like I said it was really just a, a one vendor type of deal that I had so far to deal with everyone else has not implemented that and again this this particular vendor is not in the wrong by charging that no 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 they're they're contractually allowed to do it but it's right. really good to hear that the a lot of the other vendors it yeah. seems are kind of just like working really well with everybody else. So, I mean, listen, the vendors have every right to hold you to that, if, especially if you have a contract. Right. However, it seems like more vendors than not are actually waiving those stipulations and kind of like coming at it from a human standpoint. Yes. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. So many of them are. And in that particular vendor's standpoint, they were like, hey, if you keep it within 2020, we will waive this. Oh, and oh. For the prime wedding season of 2021, we will waive this as well. Unfortunately, it was just the decision of scheduling and a bunch of other, you know, balls up in the air when it comes to planning a wedding that that specific date was just the best for the couple. And so that's why that got implemented. That um, makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. They were willing to work with them. And then, and then they were like, no, we want 2021. Okay. I'm, yeah. You so convinced I'm, me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that I've convinced you. So I would say overall, everyone, like you said, there's such a human aspect of this whole disaster, basically. Right. Um, people are understanding of it. But at the same time, on the business side, we're all just trying to stay afloat and make sure that we're still in business come 2021, 2022, right. by not having this year just completely destroy our books. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com betches now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com betches. So, Sarah, I, I'm sure you always play therapist day of wedding, month before wedding, even maybe throughout the entire duration of planning it. But like really now more so than ever, I'm sure you're like, I mean, you're probably like running a mental institution in your own business. Um, how many brides have had full blown meltdowns to you? Honestly, none of them. What? I know. Now, granted, I don't know what happens behind the scenes, but to me, <laughs> on the front facing, everything, and again, I think a lot of it right now is everybody was just in business mode of like, let's pick this, let's get it done, let's get these contracts signed and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, but one thing I do want to tell the brides right now that do have to postpone or maybe potentially cancel is that it's okay to grieve during this process. You have had this dream and this idea for over a year most of the time. And honestly, even longer than that, because I'm sure you had a Pinterest board created before before you even met your fiance, let's be serious. Yep. So, um, you know, you've had this idea in your head for so long and then for it to get completely pushed aside and it has to completely change. You know, a lot of these spring brides, they loved the fact that it was spring and they had such plentiful flowers and there was peonies available and they weren't like a bazillion dollars, you know, and now they're looking at fall dates where now they have to embrace dahlias instead of peonies, which are still just as pretty, but in your mind, no. if you have peonies on your brain, it's not the same. Exactly. So, Again, it's completely fine to grieve during this process and understand that you're letting go of something that was so big to you. And it's, it's okay to shed a tear. It's okay to drink some wine. I can assure you, your wedding planner is doing the same. <laughs> because, you know, most wedding planners, I, I personally, with all of these weddings, I spent hours and hours and hours designing these weddings specifically to the venues, to the time of year, to the couple and to their story. And now everything is this big giant shift over to whatever the new plan is now. So it's, um, it's, it's, uh, it's a tough one all around. <laughs> I want to ask you from a financial standpoint, because I mean, we're all talking about coronavirus and we are all worried about our health. That's first and foremost, but like the very close second biggest fear is our economy in general, but in the wedding industry, who do you think is like missing out right now financially the most, you know, because actually one would think it would be the brides and the grooms, but you know what? It sounds like everybody's pretty much just pushing out or getting small penalties here and there. Like who's really getting crushed right now, economically speaking, in the industry? It's hard to say, but I would say it would probably be the florists or the caterers because the yeah. florists typically have to order flowers a month in advance. So if we didn't give them enough of a, a forewarning, now they have this product that they're sitting on they can't do anything with. And I know at least in my area, I've actually seen quite a few people post up that they had free bouquet pickups because they had these orders and there's nothing that they could do for them. And, you know, they didn't want to try to profit off of it. So they were like, let me just give it to the community, make the community beautiful because 
there's nothing else that I can really do at this point. And the same goes for the caterers. If they've already started to order the food and all that kind of stuff, you know, it's, it's the same with the restaurants right now. They're, they're sitting on food and they're trying to come up with these family meals when they're used to operating under this one specific menu. And now they have to shift and go in a completely different direction. So I definitely feel for the florists and the caterers right now. Yeah. Somebody like me, it's just a lot of paperwork and computer and emails and things like that that I have to do. Um, but I'm not necessarily hit as much. And thankfully, thankfully, other than one one bride so far, they have all said that I was like number one priority to make sure that I was available for the rescheduled dates. That's so I've been able to keep a lot of these weddings. Now, that's not to say that you know, maybe they're saying the DJ isn't as important to them necessarily. So they may be okay with finding a different DJ if they don't fit into the, the new date that they have. Right. Um, so it is affecting everybody, even in different ways. But as far as like physically product wise, it's going to be the florist and the caterers that are getting hurt in all this. I guess I'm also just trying to have an understanding of like, if somebody is being very rigid with you in terms of like charging you for something, there might be a reason for it because they've already put money out. So it's like, you're almost sharing the loss. Whereas like, let's say a photographer, like it's like, yes, again, maybe it's like their actual physical time that they've spent, but like, it's not like they've already developed pictures or something like that. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely something to keep in mind when you are coming up against roadblocks with your vendors. Exactly. Um, what are the most common day trends that you're seeing? So what is completely done? Kaput, Fedinsky. <laughs> um, that's a great question. It's kind of hard to say because I've been surprised about the dates that my brides have been able to get. Um, oh. Yeah, so I actually had um, two brides that were able to switch to Saturdays. They still had open Saturday. Yeah, exactly. It's it's very weird. I was very like, okay, this is great. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, but I think coming into it from the perspective of if you have to postpone your wedding, you're probably going to now get married on a Friday or a Sunday. Um, is that like, less? Is that less money though? It depends on the on the place. Most places, yes. Um, and hopefully, you know, with the venue. But the, then the, you go into this whole other thing of, well, they were counting on the Saturday revenue, which is no longer happening. And now the client's expecting the discounted Friday, which as a client, I understand. Yes. But as the business owner, it's very difficult. So I think, honestly, any planner now, that's, that's what they're having the hardest time with is from a human standpoint and from your client standpoint, you see one perspective. But then as a business owner and running your own ship, you completely right. see why these ven vendors are doing the things that they're doing. Um, so it's time to get your negotiating skills like <laughs> on fleek, right? Because yeah. it like this is really, I mean, I feel like it's always a negotiation negotiation, just mm -hmm. everything when it comes to money, especially big amounts of money, but right. more so now than ever, like you're coming from two very different perspectives, but I mean, are you going to have to play a negotiator? Is that going to end up being your job? Probably. Um, but like I said, it was, it's worked out very well with all the ones that I've had to reschedule that I didn't have to even broach that conversation of uh -huh. different payments and things like that. Um, so I guess more to come on my end <laughs> as to whether or not I'd have to do that. Um, but I would also say as far as like what dates are done, yes. I would be very surprised if you're able to still get a September and October because those are hot months to get married anyway. Right. And now to have this surge of dates that are coming through. And I was actually just joking with my husband before I hopped on this, that I was, you know, so looking forward to this fall. I had nicely spaced out from my own personal standpoint. I never want to do more than three weddings in a row, like three weekends in a row. Um, so I had it beautifully spaced out. My September and October were like on fleek. And um, then now I'm working like every single weekend and I have two, wed two weddings in one weekend. Um, so it's just, 
I think that also comes into play where I think these brides need to also understand to have a little bit of grace with their vendors when it comes to when the fall surge starts to happen. Right. Um, typically your photographers, because the photographers may have done the same thing where they, you know, it's spaced it out beautifully and now they have to make up for it. So there's usually like, you know, say six weeks after the wedding for them to get all the, the photos done and all the editing and everything else. But now that all these schedules are stacked on top of each other, um, I would maybe even just have that conversation with the photographer and just be like, listen, I'm sure you're crazy right now. Like, are we looking at eight weeks after the wedding to get my photos or is it going to be 12 or even more than that? Just knowing the craziness that's going to come, come September and October. Question. Is there ever like a slow time of year for weddings in general? That's a great question. So typically I would say mid November to about April, you really don't normally see weddings. However, in the past two years, I have had a wedding every single month. That's nuts. Yeah. (laughs) Why is that? Just because people are, are there more of us? (laughs) What a dumb question. I mean, I love like, like, why would there be, well, why would that be? Well, I think a lot of times people realize how expensive weddings are. So they're looking for every possible opportunity to bring that cost down. And a lot of venues, like you were saying, have different rates for different times of the year, different dates on the calendar. You know, a Friday in January, you're probably going to get a stellar price on your venue because they're not going to book it for anything else. Um, So and then others, you know, as more winter weddings are happening and you're seeing the, that imagery up on Pinterest, they're like, oh, maybe I do want it to snow on my wedding day instead of I want these, you know, beautiful lush flowers all around me for a spring wedding. So I think it's just everyone's interpretation of weddings is kind of shifting because they're able to see that no matter what time of year you're getting married, it can be pretty as long as you embrace the various components of it. So I think that's why it's just getting stretched out all throughout the year. Well, that's good news because I have a feeling that this year, 2020, we're going to be stretching out like motherfuckers. Okay. (laughs) Okay. What are you currently seeing with March, April, and May brides? Like, what are, what are they doing? They are, they they have to cancel their weddings, right? Or, or postpone, I should say. I would say, yeah, I would say at this point, if, um, you still think you're getting married in March, April, (laughs) May, you're probably not. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, so I would say be proactive at this point and reschedule. Um, I would say, again, you're going to be in, you're going to be in the good wave because you're the first half of the people that are going to have to postpone their weddings. Um, but it's, it's also hard too, because then, you know, I was just watching a press conference yesterday where president Trump was saying that he thought the country would be back up and running by Easter. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. If that's the truth, then maybe we will be back to normal in May. And I just gave awful advice for people in May to postpone their weddings when they could have had them all along. So it's really hard because you're just kind of stuck in this weird limbo of not knowing what's going to happen. Okay, um, let's let's say that you're a May bride, okay? Because I feel like that's far enough out. You know, we're done with March, April, ugh, scary. I don't want to be wearing like a face mask as I'm walking down the aisle, you know? Um, but May brides... Maybe a hope in hell. Okay, so late May because the CDC guidelines of the eight weeks don't expire until mid May. Okay, so let's say it's the let's say it's Labor Day weekend or mm-hmm. Memorial Day weekend rather. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's roll the dice. When do we have to like? When's our oh shit point of we've got to like call it and postpone it? It's really hard to say, um, but I would say keep watching the news because everything that I have seen, everyone who is the, 
the people that are watching this and running the data and the numbers and all of that stuff are saying that the surge is supposed to happen in two weeks. At least that's my understanding. Um, so I would say at that two week point, if we're at like our, oh shit, then I would say at that point, let's be proactive. Let's just postpone the wedding and, and move on. Um, but if at two weeks we've now hit a plateau for some reason, again, I'm not, you know, I plan weddings. <laughs> I don't follow health data. Right. So, um, you know, I would, I would just kind of see what the, the messaging is across the board. Um, and it's also, you know, don't just look at it from a national level. You have to look at it state to state because each state is doing different guidelines, different parameters. Um, I know here in Maryland, everybody kept saying like, we need to shut the state down. We need to shut it down. And, um, the, the governor just came on and said that they're, um, closing schools for another four weeks. They haven't completely said no, like, you know, we're done for the school year, but I know Virginia has and Illinois has. So again, it's going to depend on your state and what they kind of have going on and in, in as far as the parameters and the guidelines. So my best guess would say, give it two weeks. I know that's like in this <laughs> environment, two weeks feels like seven years from now. Um, but that's kind of my best advice that I can give. Again, I plan weddings. I don't plot health data. So, <laughs> so let's say that you are getting married in late May and you get screwed, right? And there's not enough time to like really cancel or postpone without massive financial penalties. Are, what, what, as a wedding planner, would you say just go ahead with it with like a group of 10 people and then throw a party later? I mean, like I've, I've seen some brides and grooms are actually wear, wearing the tux, wearing the dress, having the officiant and, you know, going to the location, doing the damn thing, and then they're just going to be having a party when things are safe. I mean, is that a good option? Ugh, it's hard to say because I know here in Maryland, they just close all non-essential businesses. So to me, I would think that the venue would not be open and accepting you. Right. Um, and, you know, like state parks and things like that, I don't think are open in all of this, but I'm not 100% sure because I haven't left my house. So yeah. <laughs> um, I would say it's not a bad idea to try to get married now. But again, in my state, the courthouses are closed. So you can't even file for a marriage license. Right. So if you don't already have it and you don't have an officiant who's willing to come meet you somewhere, you're just kind of sitting on your thumb. You're not able to really do anything. Okay. Um, so, so with that being said, so let's like really pay close attention, all brides, in the next two weeks. And then decisions really need to be made after that, the, the next two weeks. And I will say this. I'm advising my clients that June's pause, we're okay for right now in June, March, April, May, postpone. March, April, May, okay. What are now, I know again, wedding planner, not like, you're, you're not Nostradamus, but <laughs> July, August brides, what's your gut telling you? Are they in a good spot? Are you worried? I feel like July and August, we're gonna be okay. And I feel like June is our question mark. Are okay. maybe, and I, and I, that's why I don't want to move too quickly on June. Um, but July and August, I, I personally want to believe we will be okay by July. And I think that just comes from the standpoint of looking over at Wuhan. And it seems like it was about a hundred days or so for them to feel like they're back up and somewhat normal. Now, I think the report this morning was that they're all, most people are back to work if they're not sick. Um, so that was like, I think a hundred days start to, to end. I could be completely wrong on this information. So I apologize if I am. Um, so with that being said, all of this kind of started March, hundred days, you brings us to like basically end of May. 
um, potentially beginning of June. So that's why I, I feel like June's the question mark as far as will we be in that same position with Wuhan, knowing that they also did intense lockdowns and we're being a little bit more flexible here yeah. um, in the States. So um, I, I want to believe July and August will be fine. I honestly, I honest to God feel like August will be fine. Okay. It's the beginning of July people that might be a little bit like, huh, are we, aren't we? But again, June is also that big, huge question mark. We could be perfectly fine. Now, I also just had a June bride that ended up canceling with me because she rescheduled to a date in September that I couldn't do. Um, and I tried to tell her like, hey, let's let's pause. I don't want you to make a rash decision and regret that. But she was worried about her guests that had already made airline tickets um, and airline reservations and then having to change it to close to the date and all that kind of stuff. And I get it. Like, and that's the thing about a wedding. It's not just like you and your groom and what you want to do. There's so many different parts and pieces that you have to take into account. Um, And also the other thing too, is understanding that even if you did postpone, even if we're somewhat back to normal, if you're getting married in July and August, that's not to say that you might have a few cousins or aunts or a college friend that just doesn't feel safe enough to travel yet. And you have to accept that your guest list might be a little bit smaller because people don't feel safe yet. And so they don't Woo-hoo! want to- I like a small guest list. <laughs> That's true. Save <laughs> wherever we can. <laughs> um, okay. So I, just from the conversation, I feel like I had, I have the question, are, are brides in the fall 2020 safe? I think it's safe to say from this discussion, yes, they are safe, but now I'm going to throw you a real curveball. Oh, I have a friend who's getting married, supposed to be getting married in Italy oh. in, uh, October. Oh, Thoughts on destination weddings in the fall? With the way that Italy is tracking, no. <laughs> actually, I, there's one wedding that I'm actually in and going to, but I have like, I have so many other like acquaintances who are also getting married. Like we're talking late summer, fall, deep fall in Italy. Like I can think of like five people off the top of my head right now. Wow. Well, I know like, uh, is Lake Como that's huge over there for everyone to get married at. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm not as immersed in, in, I, I see what is coming out of Italy. I don't necessarily obviously have like the day in and day out, um, updates of that. I, I personally would say, let's bring the state side, let's postpone it for a year. Um, if you're getting married in Italy, but Again, I don't know as much about Italy and what's happening. I know it's horrific, um, but I don't even know what the government is telling them as far as when it's going to end. So I yeah. would postpone it for at least a year or bring that wedding stateside. <laughs> okay. That's really, I mean, trust me, there's a lot enough people listening who are having, and would you say that's the case for any destination wedding, like anything over in Europe or like, God, even if you're getting married in Asia, India, what would you say? Uh, that's what I would advise um, okay. without knowing the climate. Now, I think, I know there are cases in like the Caribbean and places like that, but I don't yeah. think they're as high, but I also know that their healthcare system, I believe is not as good as ours. Yeah. So that's accounting for other like numbers and things like that. So, I mean, we can only control our bubble. And so <laughs> um, right. it, it's hard to say, and that's kind of like a case by case basis. Um, but if they were my clients and planning on getting married, um, in outside the United States, I would definitely be having some hard conversations with them now about 
moving it stateside or just postponing it for another year. Um, but I know a lot of times people pick destination weddings because they're quick, fast, and easy. <laughs> so right. um, now you're not getting that part of it. And then it's like, well, then why are we even doing this? So right. right. I will, I will relay that message to my friends. <laughs> Okay, so what can you tell us about um, how you're seeing this affect the wedding industry as a whole? I mean, obviously, from everyone, it's it's an economic blow for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, you know, it's when you count on that income coming in for a couple of months and then it's not there, you kind of have that, oh, shit, what am I going to do and pay my bills and things like that? Personally, from my own accounting standpoint, I don't spend deposits until the year of the wedding, so I'm able to expand my budget for an entire year. Like I'm that crazy person that I have a budget for the entire year already worked out and I plug it in as the weddings get booked. My friends think I'm crazy when they see my spreadsheet, but that's a story for another day. You're, you're a hero. Seriously. <laughs> that's, that's what we should all have been doing. But at the, yeah, but at the same time, when these, all these dates started to move to me, it wasn't a huge impact on my own personal budget because I knew that I had the money that if I needed to pull from 2021 deposits, I could just to get myself through the hump of April and May of not having these, this money coming in now. Right. Um, so as far as the wedding industry as a whole, um, you know, I did touch on a lot of those things where it's, it's an economic blow to a lot of the people, um, just the pure exhaustion that's going to come from these vendors of having to do a crazy amount of weddings um, in a, a small period of time. Um, and I honestly, I think also people are appreciating the wedding now. You know, they, they understand, like, I think people get so caught up in like my day, my day, my day, and it has to be Pinterest perfect and all this kind of stuff. And I do feel like there's been somewhat of a shift of like, I just want to marry him. And that, right. and that is the mentality that everyone should have. But I think we got so far up into the game of like, well, I have to outdo my friend and my friend had this. So therefore I have to do something a little bit better than them. Um, you know, that sort of mentality versus now it's like, you know what, at the end of the day, if we're married, I don't care if it's. September in a courthouse. I just want to make sure that I'm married to this person. Okay. So we kind of answered this already, but I want to just ask again, because you said that the vendors you're working with are being like very reasonable, but if that's not the case that people are experiencing, what are some tips for brides who are forced to postpone their wedding, who are working with multiple vendors? Like what should they, what's realistic for them to ask for back? Well, I think the, well, the first thing is when you do have to postpone, what I can't recommend enough is playing the Tetris game. So I know all of these brides have spent hours and hours and hours researching their vendor team and they want like the best of the best on their side that works within their budget. So, you know, you're not just arbitrarily picking these people off of the internet. You truly do want to work with them. So with that being the case, I would say if it's possible before you actually go through and do the, the whole postponement get one to two, even two to three date options from your venue and send it out to all of your vendors and then play the Tetris game of like, you know, with this date, I can keep 90% of my vendors and this date, I can only keep 60% of them. And then, you know, play the hard game of which are the ones that I may have to let go and find a new wedding planner, find a new photographer, find a new whatever. Um, because I, I know it's heartbreaking for these brides and grooms, but it's also heartbreaking for these vendors. We develop relationships with our brides and we want to see them walk down the aisle. I'm personally friends with pretty much every bride that I've ever walked down the aisle. Like I'll get text messages from them. I will get, you know, uh, Christmas cards and all that kind of stuff. So we do, we develop a relationship and we do want to work with you. So we appreciate when you're going to schedule around what we're able to do with you. Now, if, if it comes down to the case where, you know, you can't, um, you can't work with that vendor anymore and they're being difficult. 
I think it comes back to why. Why are they being difficult? Is the florist asking you to pay X amount of dollars because she's sitting on product that she can't do anything with? Is right. the caterer being difficult because they have all this food that they have nothing to do with? Um, you know, if the there was some talk that I heard of venues charging two booking fees. Um, but that's where if you have a good planner on your side, we would be able to negotiate and ask the why or say like, okay, I understand that you need to charge two rebooking fees, but can we get the discounted rate of X because of the circumstances and things like that? Um, so I think it really comes down to asking the human factor of why these vendors are being a little bit more difficult. Cause I can assure you, no one's trying to profit off of this. It's right. the unprecedented um, time in our lives and no one is looking at this as a money-making scheme. They're not trying to do this. So they are trying to empathize with you, work with you. And I think if they're getting that in return, and I also think there's an emotional component of it. If you're coming at them like a crazy broad, they're going to talk to you crazy because that's what they're getting back. If you right. talk to them as a respectful human being right. and try to work with them, it's going to get you twofold where you currently are. Um, speaking of venues, should they be honoring every part of original contracts if couples are simply moving their dates? I believe so. I don't mm -hmm. know why they wouldn't. <laughs> um, is there an example of anything that they're not? I don't have an example, but because it's on here, I mean, we have a lot of brides, um, that are working at Betches. So I can imagine that somebody had that experience. That's probably why the question was in there. Well, if they want to shoot me the specifics, I'd be more than happy to answer that. I, I don't really know the, the parameters around that to be able to answer that. Okay. I'll, well, we'll, we'll let everybody know your FaceTime because we're not in the office. Um, can brides ask their vendors to just transfer over their deposits for free or is that not realistic request? No, I think that's, I think that's very viable. And I would, like I said, with my experience, that's what everyone has been doing is everything just moves over to the new date. It's just a matter of signing a piece of paper that has the different date on it, but everything should be staying the same. Okay. Again, in my experience so far, um, I would say the only time that you would have to, I guess, to back up to the other question, maybe not a venue, but just kind of in general, I'm just thinking from another example that's not coronavirus from my own personal planning experience. Um, back in 2015, I'm sure it was in the news how there was all the upheaval in Baltimore and like the riots that were happening and things like that. I had a bride that was supposed to get married in Baltimore City and she didn't feel comfortable doing that anymore. So we up and moved the wedding to a completely different venue. So because we moved it to a different place, there were extra things that we then had to purchase. So, you know, the caterer couldn't honor the quote that they originally gave them because now instead of having an indoor kitchen to work with, they had to build a kitchen out on a tented area on the grass. Yikes. So they had to rent ovens and fryers and carpets and like all of that kind of stuff. So if that's the case with these brides that may have to be postponing because of coronavirus, just understand that contracts may have to be modified if you can't just move to a different venue. Um, I'm sorry, if, you, if you're keeping at the same venue, everything should stay the same because it's all the parameters that were outlined when you were originally planning it. But if you have to move to a different location, there could be other things that they have to take into account. Okay. Um, is it reasonable, in your opinion, to go to the courthouse and get married now when it's open uh, <laughs> and then wait months or even like a year plus to have a ceremony and reception like you planned? 
So if that's an option for you to actually go to the courthouse and get married, I don't see why not. Um, I honestly, this is more of a trend that I've been seeing over the past two years um, that I would say 70% of my couples are actually married before their wedding day. Mm-hmm. Now, the amount of people that actually know that they're married, I don't know. <laughs> a lot of times it's like, hey, don't tell my mom that I'm already married sort of situation. <laughs> Um, because I know my mom was the same way. She's like, I had mentioned it to her for our case as well, for like insurance purposes and whatnot. And she's like, well, if that's what you do, then your anniversary is the day that is on your marriage license, not the day that we have this big, huge party for you. So, um, I would say it's, it's more of a trend, not even, you know, outside of coronavirus for to get married legally and then have the, the big party after the fact. So if that's, if that's your jam, do it. <laughs> What are your thoughts about people who are continuing to have their weddings despite the quarantines? You're stupid. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, I mean, it's because it, it, to me, it's very selfish. You're putting very. a lot of people at risk that may not want to be there. Um, you know, again, I, I don't think anybody can even be more than 10 people together at this point with the social distancing and all of that stuff. Um, but I'm just thinking about the officiant that's there, you know? Yeah. The, you're putting that person at risk. Um, the, the photographers, I know I had another photographer that up until last week, I think it was, they still had an engagement session on the books for my couple. Um, and we kind of had to go round and round. And finally I was like, guys, just cancel. Like I, I, I get where we're going with this. Um, but it, it, everyone's uncomfortable, you know, right. and I, the, the couple wanted to keep it because they wanted this specific thing. And then they, they weren't sure if their schedules were going to allow them to do them at a later date. And then the photographer was just like, I don't like, I'm not going to be able to pose them the way that I want to, because I have to touch them and move them and right. take those and far, you know, all that kind of stuff. So just don't do it. Just stay home. <laughs> like everyone is telling you at this point, I promise you, you will get married at some point. Um, and if anything, you should be hunkering down with your significant other anyway. So you just, you know, make sure you make it to the point where you will get married. And you don't Legit. How many weddings do you think you're going to get canceled because people break up during the Corona quarantine? You know, that, that's a story for another day. I don't know. <laughs> um, do you have any advice for brides just on how to stay sane during this stressful time? I think it comes back to just realizing why you're this stressed out um, because you want this perfect day, but realizing that no matter what the day looks like, that you're still getting married at the end of it. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where you're definitely going to, um, be stressed out about this. You're going to want to drink all of the wine. And again, Mm -hmm. totally, that's totally fine. Um, obviously on a personal standpoint, I say book a planner, um, (laughs) because we're going to be able to navigate all of that stuff, do all the checklists, update your payment schedules, reread your contracts to make sure they didn't try to slide in a, a weird clause or anything like that. Um, and just organize all of that stuff for you. So I would say have a planner be okay with drinking lots of wine and realizing why you're having this day to begin with. Okay. Um, so we have our Facebook debate of the week. Uh, people post their issues on Facebook. We debate it out for them. And you guys can also, of course, if you're on our Facebook page, you can join the debate as well there. Just go to Betches Brides Facebook group. Okay. Here it is. If you, uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so I'm getting married September 26th, and one of my vendors recently emailed me and said, if we pay the full amount of our bill now, originally it was due early September, they will give us a $500 credit off of our total bill. 
This is all due to the nature of them not having any business now due to Corona. I am scared that if I pay them now and they end up closing the business completely, that I will lose all of my money. Am I just being crazy and overthinking? Should I help out a vendor that says they are in need for a $500 discount on my total? Or do you think I should be safe and pay in early September? I'm struggling. I want to be a good person and help, but I'm nervous I'll get screwed in the long run. Let me know your thoughts. What do you think? That's a hard one. It definitely, that is a good debate. Yeah. Um, I would personally advise you to not do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. hopefully none of my vendor friends come back and shoot me. (laughs) Um, Only because, like I said, I I understand that not everyone does the accounting the way that I do the accounting. Um, But if, you know, you're in that much of a dire financial strait, then what else is going on behind the scenes with that business? Um, I get that this is a huge economic blow for a lot of people. I'm not trying to downplay that in any way, shape or form. I'm just struggling with, you know, even just the example of a rest, you know, I've heard of restaurants that um, are touting, buy our gift cards, buy our gift cards, buy our gift cards. It'll really help us out. And then they close the doors. So now you've spent money on a gift card that you can't use. Um, So I completely understand why this bride is struggling with this. And I would advise you to not do that or maybe pay in much smaller installments. You know, so maybe say your, your final balance is a thousand dollars to them and they're offering you $500 off. Maybe just say, you know what, if you can discount it a hundred dollars, I'll pay you in hundred dollar increments for the next X amount of months or whatever the case may be making it a smaller chunk. So like, God forbid this vendor does fold, you're not out as much money, but I just, I feel there, it's sketchy to me, in my own personal opinion, that they're offering that. I feel the same way. You know, it just, especially in a business like the wedding industry, I feel like, I mean, like you said, your accounting is, you know, I mean, superior and thank God for that for you. But I feel like a lot of people in this industry, it's almost like freelancers, you know, like a lot of freelancers, I work in entertainment. It's like, I never know if a job's going to come through. I only know it's going to come through when it comes through. I don't count my chickens before they hatch. I don't count that money into my like annual income until the job is booked and we're signing the contract. So it worries me a little bit that they're asking you to do this and discount you because that's like, it feels like they're luring you in. I don't think that their intention is to take your money and run, but what happens if their business folds? And, you know, like you just said, if they're in such dire straits, is your $500 really going to make that, or is your depositor in full payment really going to save their business? No. Right. Right. And so, the fact that they're offering a $500 discount to me, that sounds like either they're, they're a very high paid vendor that $500 is nothing. Or if they're taking $500 off, like you said, how much are they actually getting at the end? Right. To, yeah. Just the whole thing is very sketch. <laughs> so how does she say no now that we both agree that it's a no without being like a heartless bitch? <laughs> um, I think just phrasing it along the lines of like, you know, I completely understand, you know, that this whole economic situation and, um, you know, I, I do, I do feel for you here. Um, I mean, you can even blame your own finances and just be like, I, at this point, I don't have, I, I was planning on paying you at this date and this time. Or you can go the straight and narrow contract and just be like, listen, I know if I change anything outside of the contract that I'm changing the parameters of it and I don't want to, I'd rather keep the payment schedule that's in there, um, you know, just to stay within the bounds of the contract. You could do that part of it. You can just say you don't have enough money at this point to pay her. Um, I obviously wouldn't bring up the whole thing that it sounds sketchy. <laughs> you know what? You sound 
sketchy to me. Yeah, don't say that. I, I'm, I, I like, um, even if it's not true, I like saying that you financially, you know, aren't in a position to do that right now. Right. And you understand and, you know. Right. And just say, like, I, I had budgeted to pay you in September or whatever the, the date is on your contract. And at this time, I don't have the, the um, financial means to do this. And I, you know, apologize if there's anything else that I can do, let me know or something like that. You know, always, yeah. you want to leave it as a, as a good thing, but just also realize we are professionals or should be professionals. So we're, we're holding ourselves to contracts in the same way that we're holding you as the client to a contract. So the fact that she's trying to go out of that realm also makes me a little nervous that eh, there's just, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it's good that her instinct is to be, you know, generous and philanthropic and helpful during these times. But, you know, I I know that you all said, Sarah, like, it's not like people are going to take advantage of you during these times. You know what though? There are some bad apples that might, if they're in dire straits. So you can still, you know, be a good person and want to protect yourself financially. Yeah. Um, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate this. I'm sure this is going to be incredibly helpful to so many of our listeners. So thank you so much. No problem. I hope it was helpful to anybody. And if you have any questions after you hear this, feel free to send me a message via Instagram. Okay, and that is at Sarah, S-A-R-A, Reynolds Events. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And you guys, that's it for us this week. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter, Betches.co slash Brides Newsletter. And join our Facebook group, Betches Brides, on Facebook. Facebook. Um, Trust me, now more than ever, we need each other. You guys, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Betches Brides. I'm Taylor Strecker. Thanks for joining us, guys. Betches.